Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I'm going to start this morning in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'll begin reading in verse 18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Boy, isn't that the truth? There's so many people that they don't want, they don't want God in their life. They're just going to live their life the way they want to. People say, I don't know, no God's going to tell me how to live. Well, if he's not telling you how to live, you're in trouble. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for a sign, and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The single most important event in all of human history was the cross of Jesus Christ. Over the centuries has been marvelous uh, advances, you might say, discoveries, inventions in science and medicine, different, different things. But nothing, it all pales in comparison to the cross. I don't know why, but I, I would, as I prepared, I kept... I don't even know why I'm saying this now, but I kept thinking of Nicholas Copernicus. Nicholas Copernicus was the man who formulated the, the model of the universe where the sun was at the center and the earth rotated around. For, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, people believed that the earth was at the center and the sun revolved around the earth. That's what it looks like when you, when you... I mean, here we are in the earth and the sun moves. We don't move, the sun moves. But he, found, but he discovered that it was, the sun was at the center of the universe and that changed, it was, a, it, was a, uh, a, it was a tremendous change. People had to believe, it's like when people found out the earth was not flat. You know, I mean, they, they believed it for so many years. But all these discoveries, it's, it's nothing. Pe like penicillin. One of the greatest discoveries ever was penicillin. And, and today, one of the greatest discoveries, probably one of the, the premier one, was the discovery of the transistor so we can make computers. And now computers control the whole world, everything. I mean, the, 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 the electric grid, the power, every, grocery stores, every, everything you check out, everything you say is controlled by a computer. It's amazing. But it's all for naught if you don't know Jesus. 
It's all for naught if you don't know the cross. You can spend your whole life and be wealthy and be successful and be physically fit and not have very many problems at all. But one of these days, we step out of our bodies and we face God. People don't want to acknowledge it. They think we're the, through the foolishness of the preaching. This is foolish. Don't tell me I'm going to meet God. That's what Howard Storm thought, the professor at Northern Kentucky University who died and left his body. He was, a confer- he was, a, he was not an evil man. He was just like everybody else, taking care of his family, working, but he just he didn't believe that there was a God. He thought we came from some primary lose. Well, I'll tell you, <coughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to go in my soapbox a little bit today. My wife's laughing. I love watching videos that refute evolution. And they're out there. And I was watching one last week. It's called By Design. And it's three prominent scientists who are talking about advances that have been made in science that absolutely refute evolution. But who's, who's, who's talking about it? Then our kids aren't being taught that. They're still being taught that somehow we all came, came up from a lower form to where we are today. It's ridiculous. Somebody said one time, to believe that is like to believe that a tornado went through a junkyard and after it left there was a fully functional 747 standing there. All the parts were just miraculously put together. Doesn't happen. I, don't, I can't go there. <laughs> when Darwin wrote The Origin of the Species in 1859, they, they were aware of single cells, but they thought the single cell was full of something that's kind of just like jello. They didn't understand. They've, they've discovered through microbiology today that every individual cell is amazingly, amazingly complex. It's got little machines working in it that transfer things around and, and do, and do all kinds of work within the cell. It's amazing. Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. The message of the cross. See, to the Jews is a stumbling block. Why? Because they believed, they expected that when Messiah comes, when Messiah came, he would do away with Israel's oppressors and restore Israel to its former glory. Certainly, certainly this carpenter couldn't be, a, couldn't be our Messiah dying the way he was on a cross. Nobody looked less like a Messiah than Jesus when he hung on the cross. Who could believe that was the Messiah? Because they didn't want to see the suffering servant. They just wanted to see the powerful one. In fact, that was still on the, uh, they're still on the apostles' minds after Jesus rose from the dead, and when he was getting ready to ascend, to ascend into heaven, remember it said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, so when they had come together, they were, the, the apostles, they were asking him, they're asking Jesus, <coughs> Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? They still had that on their mind. But he said, no, it's not time yet. The Jews didn't believe that the Messiah would come as a suffering servant. It's not what they wanted to hear. But Paul, every place he went, the Bible says, he preached. It says in Acts chapter 17, and according to Paul's custom, he went to them, the Jews, and for three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and giving evidence 
that the Christ had to suffer, the Messiah had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus who I'm proclaiming to you is the Christ. He's the Messiah. They didn't want to hear it, but Paul didn't tell them what, Paul didn't give them what they wanted to hear. He gave them what they needed to hear. And that's what needs to be in churches today. We need to, we need to tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Christianity is not easy. It's a surrendering of your life to God. You can't live your own life and be a Christian. Well, you can, but you won't be very successful. I'm not sure you can. But God wants you. God wants you. God, we need to talk. We need to preach holiness, fear of the Lord, submission to God, walking in his ways. It's a, the rewards are tremendous, but there's a sacrifice that we have to make. There's a obedience we have to live. To the Gentiles, the cross is foolishness. Remember in Acts chapter 17, a little bit later on in the chapter we just read from, the Apostle Paul was giving his testimony before a man before Festus. And at one point, he said, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning has made you mad. Paul said, no, Festus, no, I'm not out of my mind. I wish that everyone within the sound of my voice would be as I am, except for these chains. At Athens, they called him a, an idle babbler. Who would think that the answer to the world's problems would be found in the execution of a Jewish carpenter 2,000 years ago? It's amazing. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. No, they say, we want to decide how we're going to live our lives. We're going to decide what's right for me and what's wrong. No one's going to tell me how to live. The incarnation was wonderful. Christmas we celebrate the incarnation. Jesus came into this world. But without the cross, there is no forgiveness. There is no redemption. There is no restoration. There is no new birth. Without the cross, there's only a visitation, not a, no salvation. The only reason why the new birth is available is because of the cross. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14, it says, For by one offering, the offering of himself on the cross, for by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. The Bible is so clear. No, it says in Psalm 14, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are all, they are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there's any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. The foolish man lives the way he wants to live and not the way God wants him to live. I tell you, God has made himself known. In Psalm 19, one of my favorite scriptures, it says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no literal word. You can't hear it. But the creation itself cries out and says there is a God. It's so complex. It's so ordered. The heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night reveals knowledge. 
There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. But their line has gone out through all the earth, and their utterance is the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for a son, which is as a bridegroom coming out of its chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run its course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. I tell you, the Apostle Paul also said in Romans chapter 1, chapter one in verse 20, the Apostle Paul writes, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen through what has been made, so they are without excuse. Science itself, if, you, if you're honest and look, you, you have to know that there is a God. In that video, they're talking about the, the mathematical probabilities of all this happening the way it should because of amino acids and folding of proteins, folding of proteins and what has to happen in order for life to progress. It's amazing. He said it'd be like, it'd be like looking for, make it, it'd be like a haystack covering all of the United States. And yet we, we have to look, we, we get to look in one place, like the city of San Diego, for a needle, when there's a whole haystack covering the whole of the United States. And we get to look in the city of, of San Diego, what are our chances of finding a needle? A minuscule, almost non-existent. But that's, well, that's the mathematical probabilities of evolution happening. But today it still, still preaches the gospel all over the world. Unbelievers need to hear the message of the cross. In 1 John 5.19 it says, they need to hear it because we need to see that the whole of mankind lies in the power of the evil one. It's an amazing scripture. 1 John 5.19, the whole of mankind lies in the power of the evil one. The cross is necessary because of man's rebellion, man's sin, and man's brokenness. They don't, there's so many people, they don't want to believe in God. I've listened to, I've listened to their arguments also. There's an, almost an anger. You know, don't tell me there's a God. <clears throat> They're just convinced he's not real. They don't want him to be real. Because if God is real, then, then, he, then, they're, then they're missing it. They're not, they're, not, they're not accountable to him. But man's rebellion says, I don't want to be accountable. I want to live the way I choose. But they think, but they also think that if there is a God, then I'm okay because I'm a good person. They're depending on their own goodness. They see themselves as not evil, not bad. And God will, God will reward me for being a good person. And people who attend church, a lot of people who even attend churches feel the same way. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good religious person. I'm a good Catholic. I'm a good person. I'm an honest person. I'm upright. God, God will reward me for my goodness. They don't understand that the only way to Jesus the only way to heaven, the only way to eternal life is through the cross. In John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's the only way. I know I'm preaching to the choir today, but I think I'm talking to somebody. I feel when I've been praying, I feel like I'm talking to somebody. Somebody needs to hear this. You cannot go your own way. 
We're talking about eternity. We're talking about forever. And Frank he just came up to me before church. He said he was reading in a book. He said in hell there's, there's no there's no water in hell. It's, and you're 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 thirsty beyond comprehension. And there's no no relief in sight. Hell is terrible. It's not it's not drug, sex, and rock and roll in hell. It's pain. It's anguish. It's it's and it's forever and ever and ever. There's a gain. <coughs> there's a heaven to be gained and a hell to be lost. I plead with people today. Plead. Don't worry. Don't 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 look at the messenger. Listen to the message. The cross is necessary for you. But if for those of you who are who have surrendered to the cross, who surrendered to the given their lives to Jesus, we have eternal. We have eternity with God in heaven waiting for us. So don't ever be discouraged and don't ever be down. The issues of eternity is at stake. And a lot of people are going to miss my son. Our son Michael said to one of his friends one time, you're going to miss heaven by 18 inches. He said, how's that? He said, because you know it up here, but you don't have it down here, not in your heart. The necessity of what Jesus did. What, is it, what did the Apostle Paul write in Ephesians? It's by grace that we're saved through faith. And that not of ourselves is a gift of God. Not of works. I want to scream that. Not of works. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. There's a short video that I wanted to play for you today. I was watching a message by a pastor. He's, he's, he's like a Baptist pastor, I guess. But he, it was a wonderful message on, on the cross. And it was a clip of it that I just want, that, that's on, it's on YouTube, I want you to see it. Talks about the necessity of, of what Jesus did, not what we do. And it just touched me. I want to show it to you. It runs about four minutes. But before you start it, David, hold on. I need to preface it with this. In, while he's preaching, he talks about the Fort Lauderdale question. Anybody know what he's talking about when he says the Fort Lauderdale question? There was a program, my wife does, she's so together. There was a pastor in Fort Lauderdale named D. James Kennedy. He, and he was pastoring Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And he put together a program called Evangelism Explosion. And it was a training for people to lead people to the Lord. And the, the key in that program was to bring people to the point where you could ask two questions. Number one, if you died tonight, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And number two, when you get to heaven, if God says, why shall I let you into my heaven, what are you going to say? They put the burden on, put the burden on, what are you going to say to God if he says, why shall I let you into heaven? So that's, so that's when he says the Fort Lauderdale question. That's what he's referring to. God asking someone's, God asking him, why shall I let you into my heaven? And see what his answer is. Of the cross, without preaching the cross to ourselves all day and every day, we will very, very quickly revert to faith plus works as the ground of our salvation. So that to go to the old uh, Fort Lauderdale question, if you were to die tonight and, and, and you were getting entry into heaven, what would you say? If you answer that, and if I answer it in the first person, we've immediately gone wrong. Because I, because I believed, 
because I have faith, because I am this, because I am continuing. Loved ones, the only proper answer is in the third person, because he, because he. Think about the thief on the cross. Oh, what an immense, I I can't wait to find that fellow one day to ask him, how did that shake out for you? Because you 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 were cussing the guy out with your friend. You've never been in a Bible study. You never got baptized. You, never, you didn't know a thing about church membership. And, and, yet, and yet, you made it. You made it. How did you make it? That's what the angel must have said. You know, like, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? Well, because like, I don't know. Well, you know, did Excuse me, let me get my supervisor. They go get the supervisor engine. So we have just a few questions for you. First of all, are you, are, you, are, you, are you clear on the doctrine of justification by faith? <laughs> the guy said, I've never heard of it in my life. And, and what about, uh, let's just go to the doctrine of scripture immediately. This guy's just staring. And eventually in frustration, he says, on, on what basis are you here? And he said, The man on the middle cross said, I can come. Now, now, that's the, that is the only answer. That is the only answer. And if I don't preach the gospel to myself all day and every day, then I will find myself beginning to trust myself, trust my experience, which is part of my fallenness as a man. If I take my eyes off the cross... I can then give only lip service to its efficacy while at the same time living as if my salvation depends upon me. And as soon as you go there, it will lead you either to abject despair or a horrible kind of arrogance. And it is only the cross of Christ that deals both with the dreadful depths of despair and the pretentious arrogance of the pride of man that says, you know, I can figure this out and I'm doing wonderfully well. No, because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. That's why Luther says most of your Christian life is outside of you in this sense. That we know that we're not saved by good works. We're not saved as a result of our professions. But we're saved as a result of what Christ has achieved. The first time I, I heard that, it's like because the, that so touched me. Because the man in the middle cross said I could come. That's why I'm here. And I pray that somebody would just... That, that would touch somebody and they'd say, I want the man in the middle cross to, tell, to say I could come. I can be with him forever. First Peter 2.24 says, For he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the scripture says that he made him, God the Father, 
made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus taught a parable about two roads. One is broad and wide and leads to destruction. The other one is narrow and difficult and leads to life. The problem is we don't get to choose which road we're on. The wide road is the default position. We're all born into that wide road. We have to choose to leave it. And I pray that people would choose to leave it today and surrender their lives to Jesus. No, you don't get to live your own life. You don't get to do what you want. But there's a reward, an eternal reward awaiting those who surrender, those who will humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So I beg you today, please listen to the message. Turn your heart to Jesus. Receive him as your Lord and Savior and, and, and be transitioned out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. In Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray a prayer this morning. I don't know who might be listening to this. But I want to pray a prayer, a salvation prayer. For anyone who wants to turn their heart to God, just pray this after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for trying to live my life without you. I thank you that you died on the cross for me, that you bore my sin, and our forgiveness is now available to me. I bow my knee before you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me my sins. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for, for your spirit coming to reside within me, that I might be a new creation and I'd be born again. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.